Hey, and welcome back to another episode of She's My Sister podcast. We're glad you're here. Today we are talking about birth order and its effect on personality and other characteristics. But first, let's have a little life update from everybody. Katie, you want to go first? Well, I am currently 10 days out from my due date. Um, Just getting over having COVID. So that was pretty awful. (laughs) Ooh. nine months pregnant and going through that so I sound a little I sound a little rough right now <laughs> still uh dealing with the cough and everything so forgive me for that um but getting very excited to meet baby girl and we're very excited too <laughs> what about you to... what are you up to um well I just started back to work uh, a couple of weeks ago beginning of January so we're adding that into the mix and um, just kind of trying to get used to this new schedule. And I'm only doing a couple of days a week, but even that, like, it's been kind of an adjustment, um, especially for Micah. But it's going pretty good. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the biggest update for me. Well, that's a big thing. Big change. Yeah. I mean, it feels kind of good to be back at work even if it's just a little bit because and it's plenty honestly like it's enough that I'm like getting out of the house and doing something that's like my thing but also like not away from him too much because um I like miss him just the little bit that I'm gone so right that it's not more than that let's see Uh, I've been reading more that's been exciting um good right now um I'm reading the series it (laughs) So I was looking for a book and I ended up finding one in the teen, like young adult fiction section. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of the best fantasy is in there and I will continue to read it until I'm really old if I want to. But (laughs) luckily the high school that I sub at, they had um, the sequel to the first one and then the the third one, the conclusion to the trilogy. So, you know, when I don't have much to do in the classroom, the kids are just working. I've just been able to read, which has been great. I got to read for like an hour and a half today in school, getting paid oh, for nice. it. Oh, so, nice. So what was, are you reading? That's like the dream. I think the series called, the first one's like Girl of Fire and Thorns, I want to say. There's another series that's very similar to it that also, it's like a court of thorns and something. So I got them kind of confused at first. Oh. Um, I think this one's like not quite, not quite as popular, but it's good. I'd recommend it. It has a very strong like female lead, which is always fun. Um, but then like the male characters around her are also very strong too. Like they don't make her stronger by making them weak in comparison or anything like that. So Uh good series. And then also trying to get the house ready to sell since we're probably moving in the next four months or so. And we'll be saying goodbye to Alaska. Do you have any big projects that you're working on right now? Um, a lot of it is just making everything look really organized and, um, and clean and I do have a little painting touch-ups that I need to do before we okay. get, like, pictures taken. So yeah, doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're trying to organize every single part of your house, you realize all the closets that are super messy and that you have too much stuff. Right. When we were – when I was pregnant and I was nesting like a crazy person, yeah. I realized, <laughs> like, how much stuff I didn't need. And I, I went, like – I went to Goodwill so many times with so many bags. See, I have so many bags, and some of it is stuff that's in really great condition, like shoes I wore once, and I won't have a yard sale, but it's January in Alaska, so <laughs> I don't know if anyone will come, and it'd be really cold. So. Speaking of fantasy books, I just finished The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Oh, good. Amy lent me. Um, like a year after I gave it to you. <laughs> I know. I put it in <laughs> I put it in the office and I like kind of lost track of where it was and then I found it and I was like, oh, I should probably read this. And um it was very frustrating. And I texted Amy after I finished it. Like I can't say what I said, but because I would spoil it. <laughs> but I well, explained it's frustrating to be rooting for the like villain from the you know Anyone that's familiar with the Hunger Games, the main character of the Songbird of Ballad, or the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, is um, President Snow. But right. it's him when he was like Katniss's age growing up. His origin story. Yeah, and you kind of want to root for him in the beginning because he's not—he's not evil yet. 
Right. So it's really frustrating because you know what he's going to turn into. Even though there were, like, definitely hints, even in the very beginning, that he was not mm-hmm. quite right. But you want right. to ignore them. Like You, you do. You do. You really do. And at part of it, I was like, well, maybe, like, in the epilogue, it will explain why he was, like, why he turned bad eventually. Because I was, like, thinking that he was going to turn good, but it just didn't. Yeah. No. I think there's something about reading a book from the character's perspective that makes you want to root for them no matter what. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're seeing the way they think about it. And it's so easy to justify your actions in your own thoughts. Right. It's like, he had a reason for everything. <laughs> but anyways, let's jump into birth order. And Katie, as the firstborn, would you like to take it away? Sure. So today we're talking about birth order theory, which was originally developed by Alfred Adler in the 1920s. And it claims that birth order shapes your development and your personality. <laughs> Although, you know, different differences such as like your age or like the gaps in between kids or gender can affect it too. So like an example of that would be like if there's more than five years in between two kids, then the birth order would start over. So rather than being like a firstborn and a secondborn, it would be more like a firstborn and then another firstborn mm-hmm. based on personality traits. Or like another example, um, like as far as gender could be, maybe there's a firstborn is a girl and then the second child is a firstborn son depending on cultural differences that could affect how parents interact with or or um, treat their children um so some examples of firstborn characteristics um and again before i even get started with this there's been a lot of back and forth um like conflicting studies on these on birth order So, I mean, it's basically like, it's not the end all be all, obviously, depending on where you're born and the family is not going to determine who you turn out to be, but it, it does seem based on a lot of different cities, it does seem to have a large impact on it. I was finding that same thing that it seemed like there was a lot of contradicting evidence about all of this. Like one thing I would read would say, oh, the middle child is this way. But then the other one would be like, no, the middle child is this way. And it's like, right. (laughs) complete opposite things but that's really interesting the thing you said about if there's um five years in between it starts over because um the first three kids in Anton's family there's five years between each one so each Mm. one of them I guess technically would be treated like the oldest I don't know yeah that's it that is interesting um well and and something they were saying too is that it can be sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy so if parents Um, parents should be aware of imposing their own birth order perceptions on their kids and creating self-fulfilling prophecies. So like, for example, if I have a couple more kids, I need to be aware of, you know, like the one stereotype is that like the youngest is usually kind of a rebel or um, is more of a risk taker um, or they're more attention seeking. So like if... uh, letting you know like feeding into that or there's like a there's a stereotype that firstborns tend to show like leadership skills like pushing those kids into leadership roles that they might not necessarily want Mm. Um, so but some (laughs) common firstborn characteristics that i was finding is that they they do tend to naturally gravitate towards leadership roles and a lot of that can be explained based on um I mean, they've got a lot of practice leading around younger siblings, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like teaching them how to do things that kind of like, you know, thrust into that role. So. According to uh, Scientific America, Alfred Adler, you know, psychotherapist, he was talking about how firstborns sometimes are more neurotic, which I thought was interesting and more dutiful. But it also highlighted <laughs> some famous <laughs> leaders that were firstborns. Including Mussolini and Joseph Stalin, which <laughs> I thought they, were interesting choices. <laughs> I thought those were interesting choices to point out. <laughs> I I kind of feel like maybe I should throw out the youngest being manipulative. 
Well, it also mentioned <laughs> that the firstborns tended to meet a higher level of education than their younger siblings and a lot of other good stuff. So I figured I need to throw in, you know, <laughs> just keep me humble. Sides. <laughs> Beautiful. Which Katie, Katie, you are the only one of us with a master's degree. So I thought of that too. <laughs> it's it did it, the different sources I found mentioned that um, firstborns tend to be very goal oriented and mm-hmm. high achievers. Um, and it was interesting because I was looking at one article that was specifically talking about goal setting and birth order, and they were saying that firstborns tend to set their own goals for themselves. And then measure their own achievements based on that. Whereas younger borns tend to, they, they're still goal oriented, but it might be towards a goal that someone else has set for them or standards that someone else has placed. So like, and that they were one reason for that, that they speculated could be that they're, um, they're looking at goals that like some, maybe their older siblings have already accomplished and then comparing themselves to that rather than setting their own. Mm. so I don't know I, I don't know if that's it's not, impossible but... when you're reading these things to not think about how you fit into it and whether it's true for you or not and also right. whether or not it's true for your siblings so right. uh, yeah yeah according to the National Bureau of Economic Research um, a study in 1968 showed that students um, that were firstborn had lower anxiety and higher ego than their younger siblings but this might be bad science because it also discussed how when they did this study, they only did it once and they never reassessed when those younger siblings reached the same age that their older sibling was during the study. Because mm-hmm. if you are older, you tend to gain more confidence and your adolescence, you're going to be a lot more insecure and a lot more anxious than you are when you get into college. So it could have to do with firstborns just having more confidence in general, or it might just have been the age, but... It also talked about, this is also kind of looking at whether or not birth order was really that much of an impact because it looked at how astronauts um, tend to usually be firstborns and there's, but there's statistically more of a probability of that happening because if there's only two kids in a family, you got a 50% chance of being the firstborn. The more kids there are, there's less of a chance that you're going to be anything else. And also if you're an only child, that's kind of like being the firstborn. So basically saying that's just more likely than other mm. birth orders could be. So... Mm-hmm. But a study in 2015 of high school students by a psychologist called Rodokadamian. <laughs> I hope I pronounced that right. Anyways. Uh, Macadamian nuts. Yeah. That's how it sounded <laughs> like to me. They found that firstborns were more conscientious, more extroverted, and willing to lead. And this one, they said, was contrary to other previous research and what they expected. Is it that they were more tolerant and emotionally stable? So, I know I threw out some bad stuff, but you're also emotionally stable, Katie. So, it's fine. Um, I was reading that, you know, as a firstborn, at the beginning, you naturally would have more attention from your parents. And you're the firstborn, so, like, that's their first um, foray into parenthood. So, like, every little decision is, like, researched, and you're kind of the guinea pig. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not really fair, but parents sometimes, you know, see their kids and their kids' accomplishments as a reflection on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, obviously they're going to praise, you know, good behaviors. And so a lot of times firstborns tend to really like perfection mm. and dislike unpredictability. So they have really high standards that they set for themselves and then kind of have a very hard time cutting themselves any slack. Yeah. Which, I mean, it didn't, it didn't really say what the reasoning was for that. It just said, you know, that tends to happen. And that was one of those um, things I was reading that I was like, oh, I see how I fit into that. I'm very bad about cutting any slack <laughs> for myself. Um, and I dislike unpredictability. I like to have things planned out and know what's going to be happening. Um, have either of you seen Encanto? No, but I I have heard and seen clips about the sister that feels like she always needs to be strong and like perfect I, and everything. Well, you and, can watch it. It's very good. Uh, I very much related with that sister. 
Oh, I might have thought of you a couple times when I saw some of the videos. Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe that's just because I know that you're the oldest. I mean, that's why I, I don't know. But I, I kind of did go, I wonder if Katie feels this way ever. Hmm. Well, she has this one, like, main song mm-hmm. that she stars it that is, like, her moment. And there were a couple lines where I was like, ooh. Maybe maybe I should do some like reflection on this. Because <laughs> well, what I wrote it down, what she says. Um, she said something along the lines of, "Who am I if I can't carry it all?" Um, and then she says, "Under really? the surface, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service. If I could shake the weight of expectations, would that free, um." free some room for joy or relaxation and it was like oh oh Disney gets pretty deep there That's... maybe I should do some searching here <laughs> hey and maybe that's a good thing about looking at birth order even if it isn't always scientific it makes you examine yourself and how you fit into your family so that's right. a good thing right yeah I think so yeah so some famous firstborns besides Mussolini <laughs> include uh, Shakespeare, Einstein, uh, Kate Middleton, Beyonce, and Oprah. Oh, those are kind of better than the ones I threw. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I, another thing I was going to mention about firstborns is that um, while they can be very high achieving and motivated, they can also tend to be kind of controlling. And I think, you know, part of that, I think, is growing up with siblings is kind of like, well, obviously, I know how to do it better. So I'm just going to show you how to do it my way. You know, like, as a kid, you kind of <laughs> feel like, I know how to do this. Just do it like th- this is the right way. And Yeah. Um, I feel like we have home videos of you doing that. I know for a fact that we do. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I definitely feel like I revert back to that. Um, especially when, like, I'm around you guys. Like, obviously, you're both very capable, successful adults, but I think it's, like, when you're thrust back into that same, like, relationship dynamic, it all comes, like, flooding back. Kind of like when you're around, like, high school or college friends. It's like... Revertigo. You you what? Revertigo. Yeah, you kind of revert back to who you were at that point. So, I apologize if you ever feel like I'm controlling you. (laughs) All right, Maddie, do you want to give us some insight to the middle-born children? So starting with famous middle children, uh, <laughs> J-Lo, Britney Spears, Chris Hemsworth, Anne Hathaway, uh, Bill Gates, uh, Abraham Lincoln. I didn't compile such an impressive list of, like, young-born. <laughs> Maybe I should have done that. <laughs> I always forget that Chris Hemsworth is a middle-born. I'd be so annoyed if I was the oldest child and, like, my younger brother was Thor, and then the yeah. one after that was in the Hunger Games. And yeah. like... <laughs> that would be so That's hard. Rough. Like, actually, that would be in any case. Like, if you had a famous sibling and you like were well, not like, known, I at didn't all. know that there was a fourth Jonas brother, Frankie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he's kind of having his moment on TikTok, though. He has his like. Yeah, that's, that's how I, I found out he, he existed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. What personality characteristics do middle children have? So they're usually good at being mediators and want fairness in situations. They are usually trustworthy friends and work well as team members. They're not as family-oriented as their siblings at times, and they may have a strong sense of not belonging compared to their siblings. Interesting. One of the This is like one of the negative views of middle children is that their personalities can be overshadowed by their other siblings. Um, The older is strong-willed and the younger is the baby, which leaves the middle child somewhere in between. Their personality may be dulled down by their siblings, making them quiet and even-tempered. Which, I don't know if any of that, some of that's not a bad thing, but um, let's see. Middles are often labeled as peacemakers or peacekeepers, and they learn how to negotiate. This is from Insider.com, by the way. Mm. Uh, Witnessing fights between siblings is a good way of learning how to be diplomatic, a good listener, and persuasive. Um, So there's a Dr. Schumann who um, 
said that of all the U.S. presidents, no fewer than 52% were middle, middle children. Mm. There are also famous middle children who are entrepreneurs like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg. Um, and he said when they realize how many of the useful skills they developed as a result of being in the middle, they are empowered in ways that positively influence their lives. So um, this doctor claims that middle children are successful because they have to work harder for the attention and aren't used to giving up on what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Johnson and Wales University, uh, I found some of the same characteristics as you did on there. Uh, they said the middle child is Switzerland. That often they're cooperative. They learn to compromise really well and to negotiate. But something I found really interesting from this website is they said that the middle child tends to find a kind of a specific niche, something that's very different than the other children that are involved in. And immediately thought about how all three, like, you know, me and Katie and Jimmy all did sports. We did contact sports. And Maddie is the only one that did ballet and Mm. tap and cheer. Mm. And I don't know if that has anything to do with your birth order or just the fact that you were more graceful than me. But I (laughs) thought that was interesting, like, that applied so well, you know? That right. is interesting. I didn't I didn't read that, but that is super interesting. And like yeah. it is funny because I feel like some of it does apply really well. Like I do feel like a lot of the time I was the peacekeeper and the negotiator like when we were kids. And like I feel like sometimes you would like store all this information that you gathered <laughs> from these fights and then you would just wait and bide your time. <laughs> I had strategy. Yeah. <laughs> And like sometimes I don't know, like sometimes even though you're might you might be the quietest person, you might actually have something you're working on, you know. <laughs> I read in on one of the sites I was looking at, it said that the middle child tends to be the sneakiest. <laughs> I think mom would agree with that. Oh man. But yeah, I do remember like a lot of the times being Switzerland and wanting to like just make everything peaceful and um, if we think back to the Enneagram episode, my one of my top Enneagrams was the, I believe it's number nine, the Peacekeeper. Mm. That's like one of my top ones. So it's I was like, thinking about that as I was reading this. It does, a lot of it does kind of relate and overlap because I feel like mine goes along with, like I was one of my top, my Enneagram was uh, number three. And that's like mm. the achiever, like it does kind of, I do see they overlap in it. Do you have anything else on the middle child, Maddie? Um, let me see. I found it easier to find information in birth order, just the different articles I looked at. I found more information on the firstborn than any other like order. And I found more information on the first and the last than on the middle. Mm. And that was kind of interesting because it mentions that middles feel like they get overlooked or kind of left out or not noticed as much. And I thought it was kind of interesting that even the articles didn't seem to focus on them as much. So I was wondering if part of that is because a lot of families just have two children. Mm, could be. So I don't know if that's why more of the research focuses on that. or I, I don't know. It is kind of funny, though, that the middle child is hard to find information on because the stereotype of middle children is that they are like, forgotten yeah (laughs) that's what i was saying and there's like i remember seeing this there's so many memes about middle children but i remember seeing this one and it was like unscented soap and it was like labeled (laughs) the middle child (laughs) (laughs) and um there's a whole bunch of like jokes about it but like also i guess i hadn't really mentioned like middle child syndrome is something that isn't an actual like real syndrome it's just something that people kind of talk about but just basically saying that like I was how I said earlier that they are kind of like overshadowed and that they don't get as much attention and people kind of forget about them because like the oldest is the leader and they're the you know the driven one and then the youngest is like the funny baby like one and then the middle ones kind of are like not as like we said they're quieter and things like that um so that's what middle child syndrome um what they say that that kind of is but then this one lady was talking about um so so this is also from insider.com um and it says 
it more so has to do with the surroundings and the way that the children are raised, including interactions with the parents. As in other words, personality is developed in relation to not determined by birth order. So this is why it's unfair to assume that all middle children are going to fill the same role. It's hard to make generalizations about them since their personality will depend on reactions to those around them and every family is different. Right. So it like very much has to do with obviously like your parents and um, and also your siblings and how you're raised and how your family is as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same for every family, but it definitely like some of the stereotypes do seem to be more true than not mm-hmm. for a lot of this. It seems right. like. Did you happen to find any um, like common careers that middle children go into? I didn't specifically look that up for middle children, but I mean, it's said that they are really good negotiators and a lot of the time they're entrepreneurs and they have like a different way of thinking than their siblings. So kind of going off on their own, um, maybe not following in the footsteps of like, you know how some families, everybody's a lawyer or everyone's a doctor or, you know, like they have the same career paths. They usually kind of tend to go a different direction. Forging their own way. Mm-hmm. I did think it was interesting how you mentioned that like gender would make a difference in how these birth orders affect people because it's exactly what I thought of when I was reading about the middle child and it was saying you know the, the different characteristics and I felt like technically Jimmy is also a middle child or a brother but I didn't feel like they fit him as well and I figured because he's the firstborn boy that's probably part of it right that, mm-hmm. that probably made a difference but that would be interesting like to see that you know I'm sure there's studies on it out there, but just more um, in-depth looking at how that changes it, too. Mm-hmm. But. So, Alan Stewart, he um, is a University of Georgia psychologist. He's kind of like the modern expert, I guess, on birth order theory. And he mm-hmm. wrote this really in-depth paper in 2012 talking about, and, and he talked about actual birth order and then your self-perceived order. So that would be kind of what mm. we're talking about, like how, where you perceive yourself within the birth order, um, like kind of how you see your role. And that kind of shows, it can show itself with like age gaps or, you know, twins. differences, but also with like blended families. Oh. So just because like, let's say um, two families come together and there's like a, and they're um, just because this child in this family is older and then he he or she um is older than these other siblings doesn't necessarily mean that that's how they're going to see themselves in the birth in the in the birth order because maybe they're a younger sibling within their original family um Mm -hmm. so the way that they interact might not be the same that makes sense Mm mm-hmm I feel like that definitely, you know, you know how twins, they like to focus on how they're more born a minute earlier. Oh, yeah. And you do sometimes see they, they seem to think, oh, I'm the older sibling. And they sometimes they do kind of take that role on, even though there's really no difference, mm-hmm. which that's kind of interesting. I've heard mm-hmm. that some twin parents, they will not tell the kids which one was born first and which one was born second so that they don't take on those roles. Uh-oh. I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. Yeah. Hmm. Moving on to the baby of the family, the youngest. Um, some characteristics that I saw, according to Scientific America, said that third born tended to be ambitious, um, lateral thinkers, and that um, a lot of more revolutionaries, including Gandhi, Karl Marx, and Darwin. I don't feel like I'm living up to the hype right there. I feel like um, I need to look up some world dictators that were youngest born, though, here. No, apparently, there, apparently there just weren't many. We're just, you know, Gandhi, that sort of people. Um, and this was one that I wasn't sure if I'd ever felt that way, but it said that that youngest borns were oftentimes less sure of their parents' views of the world than their older siblings were. Um, it said that a lot of times the older, the firstborns, they were taught that viewpoint and they were, you know, passed it down because they were the firstborn. The parents maybe like showed it to them more and saying that the youngest didn't always um, grasp onto that worldview as much because they had other inputs like older siblings and just different things. I thought that was interesting. Um, Yeah. I don't know that I would agree. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I would agree with that either for us in particular, but I just thought that was interesting. Um, Some other traits that I saw uh, 
And this made me think of the, you know, other quiz we did with the personality types and the different numbers. Um, I think I was a seven, which often is people that are really, they like to, you know, to enjoy things and have fun and um, have a fear of like missing out on having fun. Adventure and, seekers kind of. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that came up with the youngest traits, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So this is that youngest are fun loving. They um, are uncomplicated, which I'm not sure if I should take that as a compliment or not. Um, <laughs> like mm, we're just dumb, uh, manipulative, <laughs> manipulative, mm. outgoing, uh, attention seekers, and sometimes self centered. But it also lists. I, w- I don't know how to feel about this quote either. This is a quote, um, and this is from Parents.com, and it said that. Youngest are not generally the smartest or the strongest in a room. <laughs> so they instead are natural charmers. So, you know, to make up for not being smart or strong, I just got to be really mischievous and manipulative. Well, I think it's not so much that they're not the smartest or strongest amongst their peers. I think it's more that they're in a room of older siblings. So you're not going to have the same skill set as an older sibling would. Trust me, I know. You gotta make up for it in other ways. <laughs> not saying you're dumb. <laughs> yeah, getting beat up on growing up and not being able to dish it back is a very frustrating thing. Um, you just have to come it, up with a couple really good zinger comebacks and use them for all situations, maybe. Um, did I? What, what were those? Um, one I really specifically remember <laughs> is you learned the expression stop being a dog in a manger. Oh, I did love that one. I did like that one. uh, You were taught that, and then you used it in, like, every situation when you were angry with us, even when it did not make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) I especially remember using it when I wanted to borrow your guys' clothes, and you wouldn't let me borrow them, even though you weren't going to wear them. (laughs) Which is, you know, a dog in a manger. They they can't eat the hay, but they won't let the cows eat it because they're laying in the manger. And I thought that fit so well, and I brought it up every time you wouldn't let me wear your clothes, and you guys were not convinced. I don't know why I kept using it, because it never worked. But you said it with conviction, Amy. I did. I remember learning the phrase emotional capacity and using that whenever I got mad at Jimmy. Jimmy. Like, just if you don't have the emotional capacity to understand that. I think I was like 10, and I thought that was a real good. I'm handling this very maturely. You just don't have the emotional capacity to understand. <laughs> Why do I want to start using that now? <laughs> um, I have but. to say that I I see little bits. I see bits of you in Josie sometimes. Well, fairly often. <laughs> when I'm being held hostage and not allowed to leave the room because she is putting on a show or singing to me or playing the drums. Like, she's not done with her performance. <laughs> I can't get up or leave. <laughs> I start having flashbacks to you. <laughs> well, I also read, according to parents.com, that many actors and comedians are the youngest of their family. Mm. Because, you know, instead of being smart or strong, they go for that, like, funny thing. But <laughs> it also said that they tend to be um, kind of adventurous, and they have this attitude that nothing I do is that important. And the quote from uh, Dr. Lemon, it said, none of our accompl- their accomplishments seem original. And it go, went on to talk about how their siblings have already accomplished all the things that they're setting out to do and how it makes them feel like even if, you know, even if their parents are responding as well as they did with their siblings, or, you know, it just doesn't feel like any of it as, is as important or as great of an accomplishment because it's already been done. Mm. And I related a little too much to that one because it's something I have brought up too many times and I usually bring it up as a joke like, ha ha ha. Well, it won't matter when I have a kid because everyone will already have had grandkids and everything. It won't matter. Or, well, by the time I graduate, everyone's already done it before me from the same exact college and already went to this graduation ceremony (laughs) twice. You were the only one that graduated, was it magna cum laude? I was like a sliver away from being summa cum laude, but we'll let that go. Um, (laughs) Are the youngest usually competitive because... (laughs) No. (laughs) Just wondering. I was just telling Anton the other day, I, I, for some reason, I was thinking about um, when you were like in the summertime as a kid, they always had like book reading competitions. It was like, oh, oh if you read right. this many books, you got like prizes and stuff. Oh and I was goodness. like, 
I was like, I remember when Amy was in school, like fifth grade, her and like this other girl in her class were in like yeah. this to the death competition of the AR reading, like the the when you'd read a book and like test on it or whatever. I won. I won, by the way. By the way. <laughs> I did read Harry Potter that year, which was, you know, a lot of points that helped out. Um, but our class, my fifth grade class, we actually won the prize for that every single trimester. And it was in no small part due to me. But, you carried the team. You know. Oh, we got a pizza party. It was pretty. Or no, I um, root beer float. That's what it was. Oh, it was. that's fun. It was you a like good the, team. It was a good team. The fact that you remember that, like, I was actually just thinking about that too. I was like, Amy remembers like the tiniest details from because you know how I texted you after I finished that book. Yeah. Um, I was telling Anton about it, and I was like, you know, what's surprising is that she even remembered what I was talking about immediately when I said it because I was like, she read this book like two years ago or something like how does you do not want to get in a bet with amy over movie or like book trivia yeah i you have like, a really good memory way better than i do at least yeah except you had to remember the names of my friends for me when i was little okay that's true <laughs> so you know it's uh, i've heard someone say that if you remember someone's name it shows how much like, importance you value of that person and I hate that saying because it's not fair because <laughs> I forget people's names as soon as they tell me but I can remember the names of all these actors and actresses from the 1940s and stuff <laughs> off the top of my head and I swear Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn aren't more important to me than my friend was in kindergarten but it didn't help me so <laughs> you know what name, it might you be an accident be, like after having taught kindergarten though you would be surprised just how long it takes kindergartners to learn each other's names. They are very egocentric at, at five years old. <laughs> it wasn't just me. No, um, no it, it'll take a Wait. long time. They'll be like, hey, kid. Or like, oh, you know, <laughs> that kid in the blue shirt or whatever. Like, it takes quite a while. So my, my friend Amanda's daughter just started. Um, she's the same age as Josie. So she's almost three. And she just started a new, like, daycare. And she was asking, you know, like, who she'd been playing with and who her friend was. And she goes, oh, my boy. <laughs> and she goes, oh, okay. What's your boy's name? I don't know. He's a boy. And then the next day she was asking her questions and she was telling her, like, things that, you know, she had done with them, with him. And uh, and then this other, there was another little girl that was, she told her about that was crying. And she goes, oh, did you, like, go and try to make her feel better? Well, no, I was playing with my boy. <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, if you can, you can talk to other people and, and you can say like, go and check and make sure that they're okay. You know, like you would with your friend, Josie, like, you know, if Josie was feeling sad, you would go and help her better and play with her. And she's like, well, yeah, but like, that's my Josie. Like this is just oh. some girl, you know, like I, and I was playing with my boy. So <laughs> she's very loyal. She has her yeah. people. People tend, and this is according to comprehensive med systems, they think that parents maybe are a little more lenient by the time they get to their youngest child. I and would agree with that sometimes. I don't know if I felt that way. I feel like I still got in trouble a lot. Maybe and that's your rebellious youngest. Oh, maybe that's what it was. It felt like I got my fair share of punishments. I don't know. Or, you know what I've also wondered too is that maybe parents, by the time they get to the youngest, they've like they take all past experiences they've had with older siblings and it's like well we're not gonna let that happen with this one right but it was also saying that that more lenient parenting style goes into the youngest child having a more happy-go-lucky attitude mm. because maybe their parents were more lenient with them and had a more relaxed attitude mm. whereas it was saying that a lot of time firstborns um sometimes they had more like really you know higher academic uh academic success than some of their younger siblings mm -hmm. and I thought part of that might have been because parents were more strict with things like a bad report card like hey mm -hmm. you got a bad report card and now no tv you have to get back from your school and maybe they become more relaxed when they get to look younger children and aren't mm -hmm. as worried about those grades anymore or you know other achievements and so that could affect it too but one I think I you know it also too it could just be not that oh they're not as they're more lenient but part of, part of it could just be like they don't have as much time to devote just to what you know depending on like the age right, gap you know right. like they might not have as much time just to devote solely to that one kid mm -hmm. so you know like 
you kind of have to pick and choose where your attention goes and what it is you're focusing on, you know, like what fires am I putting out kind of thing. You know? So we talked about if there's only two kids in a the family, there's only an oldest and a youngest, there's no middle. What about families that have like 10 kids? And so it's like, there's tons of middle children. Like what mm-hmm. goes on there? Like, is it the first two are the oldest and the bottom three are the youngest and then the rest <laughs> are the middle? You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah, that's like, where like the self-perceived order kind of comes in. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what's funny is in our family, it kind of was like Amy and I were clumped together as the girls, the little girls. And then right. you and Jimmy, Katie and Jimmy were like the older kids. Cause I remember like, Jimmy would always refer to us as the little girls. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah there were times when it was just you and me, Maddie, where very, like, like when Jimmy and Katie went off to public school before we did, it was just us together a lot. Mm-hmm. It felt like you became the big sibling, the oldest sibling in a way with the way that you kind of led the two of us mm. in some things. And I definitely remember thinking, and I think even wrote in my diary being frustrated, saying Maddie thinks she knows everything because she's older than me. <laughs> and the oldest. And like, you know, being frustrated so maybe this, um, it maybe it can also change how you perceive yourself just based on what happens. Like with Jimmy and Katie going, you know, not being around as much, you assumed a different role. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you were always bossing me around. I don't know. <laughs> One of you just took the loudest gulp of water I've ever heard. That was Amy. <laughs> I was thirsty. <laughs> I was going to guess it was Madeline because remember in the husband's episode, Anton said that Madeline takes like the loudest drinks of yeah. water. <laughs> That's why I just refrain from drinking on a recording <laughs> because it would be very loud. <laughs> it's because I drink water all the time. Like we, re- this is very off topic, but we recently got like, you know, those um, water cooler things that you like refill the big blue jugs and you put those in there. Oh, like in the fridge. No, we have, like, an actual thing that... Oh, oh, like a water cooler, like you'd have in an office or something. Yeah, yeah, we got one of those. And um, I go through, like, these giant five-gallon jugs in, like, three days. We get two of them, and I can't believe how quickly... And Anton doesn't drink that much water, so... But I think it's because of breastfeeding. I swear that that's what it... Why? It made me extra thirsty. I I would agree with that. Yeah, but you always drink a lot of water, Maddie. I remember when we were little, mom would get us like McDonald's Happy Meals and have a share of big water. I'd take a sip, I'd come back and you'd drink the whole thing. Or like we'd have to share an orange juice or something and you never wanted to get, be after Madeline because she would finish the whole thing before you got any. I was a hydrated queen even as a child. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, here's something I found interesting. So the, I was reading about birth order and um, how you can use it kind of to put, find potential like mates and how you can use it within your relationships. Ooh. And you know what it made me, it kind of reminded me of like when you go to a Chinese restaurant and they've got like the Chinese Zodiac calendars and they're yeah. like, a horse pairs well with this. They're like, avoid the rats or whatever. I was always jealous you were a horse and I was a boar. Amy, so I, was I always a did like that I was a horse, and it always it, it said that I was ostentatious and popular with the opposite sex. Yeah, and I always, but it said, I that you, that. it said that you needed people, though, and I remember being like, "That was like the only negative thing about yours." Amy, <laughs> you were a why you remember that? Because I really hated mine, <laughs> and I remember it said not to marry other boars. So the people that married in 1995, and I remember as a little kid being like. It's a little stressful. I guess I can't date in, like, my, like, grade. That's not great. <laughs> and luckily, the calendar changed. They got, like, a new Chinese calendar. And it then no longer said that. So it's okay that Jay and I are both born in 1995. We're well, I never knew Amy had such strong feelings about Okay, I remember. Really I really liked reading those when we were waiting for our food as a kid. No, remember how I said Amy, like, doesn't forget things that she reads? Right. Grandpa was the a monkey. The fact that. The fact that you remember all that, like, I remember I was a chicken because I thought that was, like, the worst of them all. Best, you know, like, for best matches, it's often not a great idea, you know. I mean, obviously, this is, you know, not in every situation. But oftentimes, like, two firstborns or two middleborns or two lastborns don't often mesh well. Hmm. Uh Like, two firstborns would, you know, potentially see each other as, you know, like, they both try to be the leader or which I found in, and so I was saying like the best match for a firstborn 
um, would be to match with the last born. Uh, I, I, I did it right. Because technically Aaron is the last born. It's him and then his older brother. But there's seven years in between the two of them. So if you go off of that, there's more than a five-year age gap. So Aaron's more like Ooh. another firstborn. Uh, uh, well, so I found nice that interesting. What, Amy? That's nice while it lasted. <laughs> and then Maddie and Tanner, or yeah, Maddie and Tanner are both middleborn. Does it say that's okay? Well, I mean, it is. It's okay you guys got married. I probably have been fine. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> hon. Well, Amy just informed me. <laughs> Madeline was saying that there's five years in between. So Antoine oh. would technically be more like a firstborn. So it's just, it's just interesting. And so the, and then Jaden would be a firstborn and then yep. you were lastborn. So it's kind of yep. like, yeah. So. Hmm. Well, one thing I saw... Remember how I mentioned that a fair amount of the youngest child, they become comedians? Well, some famous youngest children are Jim Carrey, Eddie Murphy, and Drew Carey. Mm. So there you go. I definitely thought you said Canadians at first. I was like, well, that's weird. Why would they? (laughs) (laughs) Why are they wanting to move to Canada? (laughs) Really, really like that, you know, maple syrup. Um, Said, And this is still according to Confirm comprehensive med systems that the youngest is spoiled which i don't agree with um very open and they are less conscientious of their actions than like an older sibling would be they're boisterous and this is contradictory to a different website it says they're dependent because they've always had people around them looking out for them and they've Mm. had more people than just you know an oldest mostly has like the parents looking out for them and the youngest sibling has multiple uh-huh. I do remember feeling growing up like I was answering to more people than you guys were. Mm. Like you had a I bunch don't... of little mini parents telling other people telling you what to do too. Yeah, and I knew you all had the absolute best intentions. But <laughs> I think I started to be annoyed with it in like probably in like high school, college age, because that's where I was thinking there is not that big of an age gap between us. I am doing just fine on my own and I can do badly all on my own. Right. And yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is there's only, I mean, less than a five, about like a five-year age gap between you and I, you and I. That's not and much. still have the older sibling um, mentality towards you sometimes. And it's like, yeah. and I know it was probably really frustrating for you because I know there were times where you were kind of like, I'm not a little kid. I mean, that makes sense because you did it for so many years. And because when you're younger, five years is a lot. It feels like you're way older. Right. Where but, it's like you're not. <laughs> it's not right. like I have this vast lifetime of knowledge. <laughs> I remember that feeling weird when I realized that like Maddie and I are only two years apart. And for quite a when I was younger, she did seem like a you know decent amount older or old enough that she was able to have some kind of authority over me. Right. And then I realized I have friends now that there's that age gap between us or more, and I think nothing of it. Whereas right. I still kind of do the thing where, like, if Maddie does something or, like, having a baby or whatever else, I think, yeah, but she's older than me. <laughs> like, we're not <laughs> the same, even though it's pretty much nothing. Right, so, right. It's weird. Just to, just, just in case this is on your mind, any of your future babies will still be very exciting and celebrated, Amy, <laughs> just so you know. Oh, yeah, they'll be mine. So, you know. <laughs> okay. He'll be raised by youngest child, though, you know, become Gandhi or Karl Marx. That'll be great. <laughs> oh, you know, speaking of birth order and parenting, that was another, I was, I specifically was curious about that. So I was looking that up. Oh. And where you fall in the birth order can impact your parenting style. I can see that. So an example would be like, I tend to have really high expectations for myself. So like without a lot of the times like firstborns will have like very high expectations for their kids you know whether they mean to or not Mm -hmm. they that can play into that as well but then also by the reverse sometimes that um you know parents are very aware of how their birth order affected them and so they might remember you know like oh like my middle sibling always felt like they were like forgotten or overshadowed and so then they make like extra special attention to make sure that doesn't happen with their middle child or um so so a lot of times they're just saying like that's something to be aware of is how your birth order can affect how you parent your own children one last thing that i had on the youngest children um since you guys mentioned careers that 
people tend to go into for mm-hmm. youngest children is that they often gravitate toward artistic and outdoor jobs. Mm. Um, according to the survey, they are also successful in journalism, advertising, and sales and athletics, yeah. which kind of fits with what we've read so far. You know, they want to be free, so like the outdoor thing, and they're more likely to be creative with the journalism and advertising. And also, maybe they don't have as much pressure on them as like an older sibling. They feel like they need to be really successful and go into, you know, be a lawyer or go into medicine. So they're like, I'll go into advertising, whatever. And yeah. sales, you know, or a manipulative bunch so we can <laughs> get that money. But I feel like in so many movies and TV shows, it's like they play into the birth order thing because it's like the oldest sibling is like staying home with mom and dad and taking care of them as they get old. And the youngest sibling is off being like an actor or something in Hollywood. And they come home for like a holiday and they're like, I really need you to step up and take responsibility. Mm. And then like, this is making me <laughs> not have a wonderful life. Like poor George Bailey. He never got to leave town. He had to take over the building alone. And his son got yeah. to go off and have all his adventure <laughs> or his younger brother got to. Yeah. But they it's definitely like, do it, that. I feel like in movies and stuff, they definitely like, incorporate that a lot mm-hmm. well, I feel like they just kind of play into any stereotype there is yeah <laughs> I also did I didn't do as much but I did a little looking into characters for the only child mm. it says that they often tend to be mature for their age because they're more likely to be around a bunch mm-hmm. of adults and mm-hmm. not other children mm-hmm. it says that they have even a higher pressure on them than firstborns because they are the only child and right i was so they're, only... they're kind of like a super firstborn basically like it's right all that then heightens mm-hmm. it so they often are perfectionists because of that you know because of that pressure um and they also tend to be leaders kind of like firstborns indulgent and it also says that they tend to be sensitive mm. and i don't know if that's because they don't get bullied like the rest of us by their siblings <laughs> but am i bullied i mean in the nicest sense you know rather than like i don't know that I don't know if manipulative is the right word for the youngest sibling. I think, you know, the youngest sibling, rather than being like, I don't know, manipulative, I feel like wily or like resourceful would be a better Mm. word, you know? I think that did help me with mom and dad. I would watch how you guys, how your interactions went down with them. And then I would, uh, like, if it, you know, if it was positive, right. I'd be like, okay, good call. You learned it from went my badly. experience. Yeah, if it went badly, I thought, oh, okay, so we don't do that. Um, Which I'm not saying that made me, like, not get in trouble as much. It just, you know, I did learn from you guys. You just did it different ways. Yeah, I just found my own ways to get in trouble. Yeah, so, yeah. Forge your own path. Which supposedly some, you know, we're free, we're lateral thinkers. We're free thinkers. We do our own thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to focus on that and not the uh, part about us being weak and dumb. But <laughs> I will say that it does make a difference because I remember when we were homeschooling, even though I was doing well in school, I didn't think I was that very smart. I mean, not, I didn't think I was dumb, but I didn't think that I, you know, was going to naturally like necessarily going to excel in academics because I was comparing myself to you guys and what you guys were doing in school and mm. what you guys could spell or math you could solve or whatever it was and thought, Oh, you know, like I just average. And then I went to school and realized I was really good at reading. And I thought, Oh, well, this is cool. Right. This is a fun, this is a fun surprise. Right, rather than comparing yourself to, like, peers your own age, you were comparing yourself to older mm-hmm. siblings. Yeah, I sense. thought that I was really, really terrible at any kind of game that was, like, Dance Dance Revolution because I was really little and trying to watch you guys do it mm. and then try to do it myself, and it was horrible. <laughs> and so for the longest time, I thought I was just bad at that sort of thing. And I'm not saying I'm good or naturally have great rhythm or anything, but I can do it. <laughs> I think that might be where some of your competitiveness comes from, Amy. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I, mean, I was trying to keep it with you guys. Yeah. You guys just led me to be better. That's what it is. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out with my own children. <laughs> well, and yeah. something that I, I have to say about being in the middle that I loved is that, like, um, when I was in school, I always had like Katie either you and Jimmy were there with me or Amy was with me like I always had a sibling at school with me 
at, right. at some point or another. Like I was in high school at one point or another with all of you, which was cool. And right. um, that's cool. Yeah. And also <clears throat> are the only ones that get to not, not only be an older sibling, but they also get to be a younger sibling. So they get to like experience both of those things. Mm-hmm. So that's kind that of cool. Yeah. That's kind of a, that was really cool. I did cool feel I remember at certain ages in our lives, I felt like Maddie had the best both worlds because she, because I mean, all three of us are very close, but Maddie was old enough that she could hang out with Katie, like you and like your friends because you guys were in high school at the same time. Mm-hmm. But then she also was in high school at the same time as me. So like I kind of got to hang out with her. And so I felt like we got to be really close at the same, like when we were both high school age with Maddie because she was at the same ages with us. And it, mm-hmm. I don't know, kind of helped like, like I feel like Maddie was our confidant for both of us in things where you didn't tell me certain things because I was too young oh, and I didn't tell right, you certain right. things because you were like off at college already or something. It wasn't convenient. <laughs> um, right. I feel like that's kind of cool is that Maddie got to, you know, at that, at certain age, I think we're all equally close now, but just at certain ages, she got to be like almost closer to us. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Too. I guess. Yeah. Like I, I feel like a lot of time the middle child position is seen as like not a good one, but like, I wouldn't change it for anything. I think it was great. And um, like, yeah, a lot of the stereotypes, I guess I would say are some of them are definitely true. But it's like, I also think that it's good because it's like we have to have a we've talked about this before when we talk about personalities and things, but it's like you have to have a variety of personalities because if everybody's the same, it's like if you're too much alike, you're going to butt heads. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's good to have you know different personalities and everything especially in one family so i definitely wouldn't change my birth order sometimes i wonder what it would be like to have a younger sibling yeah amy you were just made to be a youngest kid i don't know how to explain it but like i can't imagine you not being the youngest you wouldn't have been helpful in guiding the younger person (laughs) 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 no it was like you just had like the biggest personality and like i just you were just made to be the baby of the family i don't know how to how else to explain it i'll accept it i don't know (laughs) oh no 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 mom you can't have any more kids i don't like that (laughs) i'm going to ignore them and pretend they don't exist Have you ever seen, okay, there was a sound on TikTok going around for a while, and it was that one where it's like, well, no, I'm worried because I'm going to lose my job. And I kept seeing the video where it said, me as a youngest kid, when the first grandchild's going to be born. (laughs) And it had that sound, and it honestly cracked me up a little bit because I'm not saying I related to it, but maybe like a tiny bit. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Josie took over. (laughs) No, that's my thing. Josie didn't get to keep that youngest title for very long. No, she didn't. She's an oldest. Okay, Micah didn't get get to be the youngest cousin for very long. That's true. Right? That's true. (laughs) But that's kind of fun that they'll have cousins right and, like, you know, close age to them. That's nice. Yeah. Maybe maybe Micah and baby girl Lee will just be best buds and have yeah i feel like josie's gonna be this like ringleader there you go she'll she'll <laughs> lead them around this half naked ringleader if this phase lasts yeah <laughs> no i because... opened my snapchat one day and i'm like oh a snapchat from katie and i open it it's just like naked josie's bottom like jumping off the couch <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh that was uh on day 10 i think of us quarantining and Aaron, like, I was still so sick with, co- like, just sitting on the couch. And I think it just got into her. F- I don't know. I don't even remember why she was naked. For whatever reason, she decided <laughs> to take all of her clothes off. And she stands up on the couch and just goes, one naked girl, and jumps off. And Quarantine madness that he Onto the floor and just starts running laps <laughs> around the living room. She's like, clap for me. <laughs> As she's running. And I just look at Erin and I'm like, I I think that it has gotten to her now. <laughs> Clap for me, mom. They're gonna definitely be some sounds good. like definitely sounds like something Amy would have done though. Josie's definitely got some Amy in her. 
that or even now like when we all are together again I'll act I guess in some ways kind of immature or do silly things because I feel like I can because I'm the youngest again because you guys are around like Katie was saying that when she's around us she reverts back to like the, the ringleader of all of us right yeah or like teach us how to do stuff and I gotta tell you it's a lot more fun to revert back to being like I get to be the immature one now <laughs> all right so after talking about the different birth orders and the different characteristics, obviously, this is not all 100% the end-all be-all. You might be a super cooperative and quiet firstborn, and you might be a really smart, strong, not mischievous youngest person. Who knows? <laughs> but it's just fun to see how we relate to it and kind of keep them in mind. Yeah, I'd be interested, you know, if you know, anyone that is listening leave us a comment you know, rate, first rate and review our podcast on Apple podcasts or Spotify. But then I'd be curious, you know, leave us a message you know, letting us know how kind of you related to it. By the way, Katie Darth Vader was also a firstborn <laughs> and we saw how that went. So, but then again, so was Harry Potter. So, I mean, you know, you're fine. You're fine. He, he was an only child. <laughs> that too. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Poor Lillian James. Oh Anyways, God. moving on. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the next up by the time the next episode comes out, there will be a new little baby that I can share about. Yay! That'll be exciting. And she can assume her birth order and start to develop those characteristics <laughs> right from the get go. You can coach her, Amy. Well, if Shane's would be the youngest, Maddie might have to coach her. You never know. That's true. <laughs> we'll both be there to do our jobs. All right. Well, you have been listening to the She's My Sister podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.